ago in ancient Mesopotamia, a civilization laid the foundations for Christianity, but in ways one might not expect. Hosts Denise and Buddy Wood go on a spiritual and thought-provoking journey, uncovering and exploring some of Christianity's hidden truths. Join us as we unveil and explore the mystery that is the remnants of Ur. Welcome to Remnants of Ur. My name is Denise Wood. And I'm Buddy Wood. In episode three, we talked about the vineyard and how the time has come for Christian leaders to give an account on how they have been representing God to the world. And I told a story about a young lady who was a friend of mine. She's just a very young girl, and she was a new convert. She had just given her heart to God. And a rich man in our church seduced her and had an affair with her. And that man's wife found out about it and went to the pastor, and the pastor kicked that young lady out of church because the rich, he was friends with the rich guy. And the rich guy, of course, gave a lot of money to the church. The thing that should have been done, and if that pastor would have had any integrity at all, he would have been more concerned with the young lady and her salvation than he would about his pocketbook and his friendship with that rich man. So we left off with an admonition, a very strong word to the pastors. Now, we don't, I don't want to sound mean to people. I know that I need to address people in the spirit of love and to address you pastors in the spirit of love, and I'm going to do so right now. I want to ask you pastors out there one question is where does your integrity lie? Would you have had the courage to kick that rich man out of your church and lose that money? Is money more important to you than the salvation of that new convert? Where is your integrity? So, today's episode, we're going to get into episode four, called The Bible, Mining for Gold. And that is, uh, that's what my wife has been doing for the last, my goodness, 16 years. And in all honesty, most of her adult life as a daughter of the Most High. And Denise, would you like to tell them about um, your growing up in the Assembly of God churches? Yes. So I grew up in the Assembly of God Pentecostal Church. I was always taught the Bible was uh, the unadulterated Word of God, end of subject. And anyone who challenged the Bible was an evil force. That's pretty much accepted in fundamental Christianity today. I was taught the same thing as a new convert. As I got older, I realized that the solid foundation of my belief in a living God is not based upon a book. But in the many occurrences that I've experienced, so many things have happened, and as well as you. Um, And we've we've had separate things that have happened to each of us, and we've had things that have happened with us together. And those things that have happened are way beyond statistically possible to have occurred by chance. 
An example is Buddy's Water in the Desert story that he shared last week. There have been times when my faith over the last 30 years has wavered, but there is no way that I could ever deny those times that God showed up and was there for me like a loving father, rescuing me from a horrible situation. It's just so true, yeah. So there's no way I could ever deny that something greater than myself exists. I call that something greater, God the Father, just like Christ called God his Father. God to me is a loving entity that cares about me, is there for me. So I don't base my faith on a book called the Bible. The Bible to me has been a valuable tool. It's full of endless spiritual riches that only God has been able to show me the meaning of certain things. It truly is like mining for gold. The Bible was never intended to be a religious tool for men to teach others. And because of the differing interpretations of the Bible, there are currently 200 Christian denominations in the United States and a staggering 45,000 different Christian denominations worldwide. That is mind-boggling. So when I first started hearing the voice of God, and he was showing me a lot of stuff in the Bible, he would literally tell me where to go. Go to Jeremiah and start reading chapter 31. Go to Isaiah and start reading chapter 5. And he would literally show me the meaning of these things. You know, that is so amazing. I've never had anything like that happen to me. Like when I first uh, give my heart to God, you know, I was questioning and go, God, why me? Why would you choose me? And I just then happened to come across the scripture that the eyes of the Lord uh, go to and fro throughout the earth uh, looking for someone who's, whose heart is, is pure towards him. And uh, but boy, I never had anything happen like that. The visitation you had from from God, I, you know, I've done a forty day fast looking for that and didn't get it. You know? and, and you know, the interesting <laughs> thing is, while I was having a visitation in eighty eight, it lasted for six months. Is... Buddy was walking at that time across the United States with that cross, yeah, at the very same time, and we did not know each other. No, no, not at all. There's a, it's amazing that God actually brought us together. And uh, we'll tell about that story, how uh, God brought us together yeah. uh, on another episode. Yeah, that's, that's a good story. And so back to the Bible, you know, for the absolute truth seeker, a lifetime could be spent reading the differing opinions of Bible scholars, historians, and archaeologists, and scientists who are debating the interpretation of of the data. When was the Bible written? Who were the authors? Is it historically correct? It seems the only thing that can be agreed upon is that the Bible was indeed written, and it is the number one selling book of all times. The Bible, 
as it is worshipped literally by fundamentalists, they actually make an idol out of the Bible and worship it. Like every word is breathed from the mouth of God. And as I got older and I started doing my research, there are stories in the Bible, actually Babylonian stories, and one of them is Noah's Ark. It came from the Epic of Gilgamesh. That story was found in Samaria, in Mesopotamia, a thousand years. It was written before the Hebrew Bible was written. It's interesting because the flood story and the the story in the Epic of Gilgamesh have so much in common. A divine commitment to destroy most of humanity, a focus on a named flood survivor, building an ark or boat and described in detail in the narrative, animals being put on board to preserve their species, the flood, sending out birds, and a really interesting part here, post-flood sacrifices to repair the relationship between humanity and the divine. So it is obvious the story of Noah was taken from a Sumerian story that was written a thousand years before. However, there's some very valuable spiritual information in this story, and can God not use a Sumerian story to communicate an important message to humankind? Absolutely. And wasn't when when you started seeking God about blood sacrifice, wasn't the story of Noah the first place that God took you to? Yes. So that's interesting. Yes. So when I started seeking God about what do you mean Christ was not a sacrificial lamb, the first story he showed me was the story of Noah. As I read it, this is what I got out of it. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, it is written that God decided to destroy all flesh in the earth because the earth was filled with violence. Noah found favor with God and was instructed to build a large ark, stock it full of two of every kind of animal, male and female, take his family, and ride out the storm. In chapter 8, and this is what God really had me focus on, In chapter 8, when the floods receded, God spoke to Noah and said, Go forth with your family and bring with you every living thing that is with you, all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and every creeping thing, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Pretty straightforward, right? So what does Noah do? He went forth from the ark, bringing his family and all the animals as instructed. Then Noah proceeded to build an altar and offered up burnt sacrifices of every clean beast and every clean fowl. My question is, how can all the animals breed if some are killed and sacrificed on an altar. God showed me Noah could not hear the clarity of God's instructions because he was raised in a culture which taught him to sacrifice burnt offering in order to show appreciation 
to a deity. And that explains God's response. It was a sweet savor, and God realized that the imaginations of man's heart are evil from his youth. Perhaps it can be interpreted that it was a sweet gesture on Noah's part to present God with a gift, but it was an evil practice that was learned from his culture during his youth. Therefore, Noah imagined that he needed to sacrifice in order to show his gratitude for being kept alive. It was culturally ingrained in his thinking. And you're going to see this theme as we walk through the Bible in the different chapters of the book, Remnants of Ur. This theme surfaces over and over again. And God says it through prophets, through horrible dreams that he gave to Abram. I don't want you to sacrifice animals to me, and people cannot hear it. What I found from the research is the Bible has a lot of things in it that can be disputed. If you're thinking that every word was breathed from the mouth of God, it can be easily disputed. However, it is a valuable tool for spiritual guidance. Invaluable, actually. Absolutely. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're interested, our book, Remnants of Ur, is available on Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, our email is remnantsover at gmail.com. <laughs>